0: DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. It's me, one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch.
1: And I am your other host, DM Neil, aka Maniac. And today we have another superset episode for you where we take an old episode, we talk a little bit in the beginning and at the end, and then you listen to that. But before that, Celeste, yes, to our listeners, we need to talk about hair.
0: We do! Hair, it's everywhere! Um, But specifically, right now, we are running a Kickstarter um, for the Ultimate Guide to Hair, which is a 5e D&D supplement all about including hair in your D&D game. So we're talking over 60 pages of magic items, monsters, deities, uh, subclasses, all kinds of awesome stuff that you can add to your Dungeons & Dragons games um, on the theme of hair.
1: And we're halfway funded. So I'd be blown away uh, if you didn't already know (laughs) about the project because you undoubtedly follow us and watch all the cool things that we do. But if you haven't yet, we would love for you to head over and back at whatever level you think this supplement deserves.
0: Yeah, and even if you can't, you know, donate or back, we would love if you would head to our Kickstarter page by typing in The Ultimate Guide to Hair on Kickstarter uh, and checking out our really sweet video that kind of breaks down everything going on there. So if you do have a player or know a dungeon master or anyone who likes cool art or interesting things for Dungeons & Dragons, let them know uh, that this Kickstarter is going on. I mean, we've, we've reached halfway, but we've gotta, you know, stretch a little bit further, get fully funded, and then we can bust out some really cool stretch goals
1: indeed but speaking of cool things to bust out on this superset we are going to dive deep into our own world
0: deep and bring
1: you (laughs) absolutely amazing and terrifying things that are just actual photos that people took
0: Yeah, so actual photos. um, So we're taking some time to get ideas related to the world of the Underdark. um, And basically we posted a bunch of like real life photos um, of very scary slash interesting underground places (laughs) in the real world.
1: Yes, the catacombs underneath Paris (sighs) that are literally miles and miles long with millions and millions of bones, bodies in them.
0: Yeah, that's just the first one, um, yep. it's, it's awesome. I, I really, really love this topic because I feel like sometimes it's hard to uh, like describe what's going on underground. I feel like some of us get stuck in the, oh, it's a, it's a cave, it's a big stone cave, it's dark, there's a stalagmite. Um, so this was a really cool exercise to see all of these different kind of inspirations.
1: But with that, let's head to the exercise already in progress. So for this one, we're going to tie it back to episode number 46, Deep, Deep Down. The guest from that episode, in case you hadn't already guessed it, was none other than James Intricasso. Woohoo!
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a super, super fun episode where we spent about like two to three hours talking about all things terrible in the Underdark that you can yes. throw at your
1: players. It was awesome. And if I remember correctly, there's the Kind of the episode breakdown on the forum and several of the forum users expressed their fear, I guess would be the the best (laughs) word, at some of the ideas that you guys had come up with.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of talk about things like Underdark Oceans and killer diseases okay. and you know enormous monsters and stuff so
1: i should have just trusted my memory and mentioned i was like i think there was a there's a mortifying james intricasso rich howard combo that came up <laughs> from there <laughs> underdark ocean no nope, yeah. nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i love rich howard and he and i joke occasionally that we should design a campaign setting that takes place in the underdark on an ocean. Yes. And and we're, we're calling it deep, deep, dark, or deeply dark, or, or something along those lines. So, uh, <laughs>
1: well, there you go, folks. So it was gymnastics number 30, Into the Depth. So for this one, the backstory idea was that I wanted to take things that currently exist in our world, if you will, and put a fantasy twist on them. So everything I posted, it was, a I think, seven or eight different pictures are all real-world locations. And then the forum users grabbed one and gave it that fantasy spin. So mm-hmm. we've got a few of the ideas here.
2: So the first idea uh, comes from the Catacombs of Paris, which are some tunnels beneath Paris, France. And the idea that the forum users came up with were these are tunnels made of bone which is a really, really cool image because when you look at these pictures, it's a bunch of skull-lined caverns (laughs) with bright light kind of coming out of one end of the hallway, suggesting that, like, there's something going on down there. So the users sort of talk about that these bone-lined tunnels are inhabited by the self-blinded monks who are worship a dark god of insanity named kelemoth the monks must take a series of vows followed by a trial in order to advance to full monkhood the final vow of the monks is a self-mutilation ritual where they cut out their own eyes which is horrifying (laughs) yeah and amazing it's so evocative you know so they're sent into the underdark alone to kill a sentient creature with the same knife that they use to cut their eyes out and bring back its skull or similar structure. If successful, the monks place their prize in these tunnels of shadow and bone, where the bones of the faithful are held aloft by the bones of the unfaithful and the prizes. Awesome. (laughs) So the Temple of Kelmoth is in the middle dark and accepts all who are believers. However, if you do not take the first vow, which states you must serve the temple until your death, you are immediately attacked and killed, and your bones are taken to the tunnel of shadow and bone, where all the bones of non-believers go. If you wander into the temple's territory, you are considered a supplicant wishing to join the temple. The monks do not keep any illumination with them, because they are blind, and they teach that the mind is expanded when sight is removed as a
1: distraction. Yes. Yeah. Terrifying.
2: Yeah, it was super terrifying and super, super awesome. This was a thing that I immediately want to work into my own game. The possibilities are kind of endless, right? First of all, blind monks who know what they're doing is amazing. But then the idea that this could also just be a creepy random encounter. The characters stumble across this place, and because they stumbled into there, they're considered a supplicant. Like, that is the ultimate cabin in the woods. (laughs) You know,
1: that joyous occasion or area was brought to you by Arnil on the forums, but yeah, just such a cool idea. And also it allows for a really difficult fight because one of the easiest ways to make a fight more difficult is start throwing class levels at it. I mean, so you have these guys who are monks and it's definitely going to elevate whatever happens next. Yeah. I guess unless your entire party joins them and then the campaign's over. But I highly doubt that's the option they go with.
2: (laughs) Well, and I also like the idea that there are all these skulls, right, piled up here and all of these creatures and stuff that maybe like what sort of traps would monks to the gods of insanity create Using skulls, right? Like, is there a weird dragon skull that pops out and breathes fire mm-hmm. somewhere? Do the skulls come to life and start chasing people mm-hmm. uh, if they harm one of the monks? You know, there's all kinds of goodness that you can make with that, including just like, hey, maybe when you kill the the highest monk in the order, right, all of the bones start to collapse, and then you have to run out of this cavern that is filled with collapsing, landsliding bone. There's yes. there's a lot you can do with bones in the wall,
1: you know like it yeah that was the other thing i was thinking depending on what was there could be yeah i mean you're essentially afforded as much crazy cool undead ideas as you want because <laughs> you can just say what's there i mean anything you really want from the underdark can be there or from anywhere can be there in the caverns to plague your players
2: exactly so Arnel, thank you for this also i think one of the things about people who are willing to harm themselves in such a dramatic way as blinding themselves makes me worry. What would they do to me if they're willing to do that to themselves? Yes.
1: You know? I mean, that's our real goal here is to create worry. in (laughs) No, I think it's to make sure everyone has a good time, but maybe not. Maybe not.
2: Yeah. 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 No. And I think the same reason we watch horror movies is why, Settings like this would appeal to us, right? We like to be scared when we know that we ourselves are actually safe, even if
1: our characters are not. So for the next one, we have the Fingal's Cave in Staffa, Scotland. In some way, I don't even know how to quite describe like <laughs> this cave, because to me it almost feels like it can't be a natural formation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, essentially, like the walls are almost like square pillars stacked in next to each other. And then there's just this like hallway carved out of them. And in the, I mean, this picture is much more evocative because in, at the end of the tunnel, light is coming out and then the ground is covered in fog. So right, it's just one of those ones where it's like, I don't know what's right around that corner. And I really wish I did.
2: Yeah. It looks, I swear it looks like it was shot in the minds of Moria set. Yes, Zealand, I was,
1: you know? yeah, was going to say, there's a Balrog right around that corner. <laughs> and then Gandalf's going to tell everyone to leave so he can level up by himself. But, <laughs> jerk.
2: I never thought about that scene that way, but that is absolutely... He wants all that XP just yep. for him.
1: <laughs> so it was Frotastic that had brought us this idea. And he entitled them The Mines of Druhanfall. And it's mainly populated by... Dwargar and deep gnomes i like that he used deep gnomes because i don't have any idea that i say their actual name correctly so i will also keep calling them
2: deep gnomes nice nice i believe it's sverf done i
1: just accept, put on I, my nerd hat <laughs> i accept your pronunciation as law and you will not repeat it <laughs> Classic, classic line, of course, is that the dwarves dug too deep and hit a mystic water source that flooded all of the floors of the mine and covered it with an otherworldly mist, as well as beings that thrive in that mist. The floor is no longer usable, and the gnomes devised a series of pathways along the walls, as well as crafting traps that would force invaders into the misty depths. Such an interesting, like, mechanical twist on this natural formation and the people being unwilling to give up their home and just work around this terrible thing that happened. (laughs) So yeah, essentially everything is built along the walls. The Dwarven Settlement and even the ceiling is utilized instead of being able to step on the floor.
2: Yeah, I love this. I mean, anytime your players are put in something that is sort of alien and weird, I think that's great. And certainly weird deep gnomes and weird dwerger walking on the walls and the ceiling would freak out people and it really you get such a great visual of that you know what must it look like if they're climbing along the walls
1: what kind of equipment do they have to make them do that it's amazing and i also immediately think the party just being like well what's wrong with the floor and who knows what comes out of there like a couple (laughs) of his ideas were i mean of course this dependent on the level and power of your party but like having an aboleth coming out of the mist oh. in the flooded waters or oh. just simply just like mutated water sprites, anything in between.
2: Totally. That idea of, you know, again, I, I think this is what's so great about the Underdark, that idea that it is an alien world, that it is not a place where your players are used to going. Yeah. What is in that mist? What is going to rise out and grab them? You're absolutely right, Neil. That would be the thing that would totally worry me, especially when you see like... If you introduce this with the most amazing Dwerger warrior is clinging to the ceiling because he's afraid of what's in the mist,
1: oh, that's great. <laughs> as long as it's not like that M. Night Shyamalan movie, I think you're going to be good to go and your players will <laughs> enjoy this. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. It's one of those things that's really cool when players are out of their element. I like this a lot. Definitely. So the next idea, uh, it comes from this guy. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe uh, Joatmoniac. Oh, ah,
1: that's uh, close. I like yeah, it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it comes from you, right? Yeah, right?
1: it does. Yes.
2: And so, and this is for real. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce the names of these amazing caves in this amazing write-up that you've done. Uh, it's the
1: Skokjan
2: Caves. Is that correct?
1: skojan skojan sjojan yeah you're you're almost making that c and the j together like a j oh so. gotcha
2: skojan and forgive my new jersey yeah
1: we can we can always call in our resident pronunciation guide uh frotastic as he lives in er- in areas up up north but sure sure
2: well these caves right are from slovenia And this picture, I mean, people really should go on to the forums to check this out. This picture is amazing. So it looks like straight out of Indiana Jones. It's this underground cavern. There is a bridge across this expanse. It almost looks painted, the photograph of it. And there are these floating lights that when you and I were first talking about this picture, uh, you described as ghosts. And now I cannot unsee the ghosts you know sort of on either side of this bridge
1: speaking of things that we can't unsee (laughs) james had mentioned in the top right hand corner it looks like a skull and like i can't unsee it every time i look at it it, i mean even the nose is perfect for like the the normal human anatomy it's super trippy
2: yeah it's crazy it is it is really really cool and that skull formation you know this this whole winding path kind of leads up to this entrance in a tunnel which has a weird green light coming out of it and that's kind of what looks like one of the eyes in the skull and that is just so powerful (laughs) this image i feel like if you held this up in front of your players they would have such a great reaction and what is going on what is that green light what is that what's happening in there
1: so i entitled it the great expanse Essentially, I wanted the bridge to be... I mean, it's the focus of the picture, but I wanted it to really be the focus of my idea. So the bridge itself is actually 50 feet wide and spans a gap countless times over that. I mean, obviously, if the bridge is that wide, how long would it go? Of course, my idea is to just let the DM take that simple thing and run with it. Who built it? Nobody knows. But obviously, <laughs> some, peop- some group, some race had to do it to span that gap, but Mm -hmm. now they're gone, and there's no trace of who had ever done it, but it was, in fact, built by the magic of a long-lost wizard, and maintains itself through the creatures that live beneath the bridge. And the creatures, of course are trolls. Yes. Which
2: is amazing. Yep. (laughs) Because the wizard thought it was the most ironic thing to do, which I loved. (laughs) (laughs) You go on to say that they keep the area lit so that, you know, it, it does kind of almost have this warm and inviting feel. You know, especially where the bridge is happening, it gives off this nice, soft, warm light. And you have the feeling like, oh, if you were in the Underdark, you might think, yeah, we should should head towards that light. And that's when the trolls get you coming out of bridge crazy. You know, they could get you from either side and just surround you on a bridge where your choices are jump to your death or troll death.
1: And so then... The other thing that I came up with is that the trolls themselves never become too prolific because they're not necessarily built for the Underdark itself. <laughs> so then they get overambitious and try and go into the Underdark and then just end up dying to all the crazy creatures that are there. So, you know, you don't have this ever-increasing troll population under the bridge.
2: Right, which I also loved because it <laughs> suggests that there is a place too scary for trolls to go.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) They can't handle it. The Underdark. Too much for them. (laughs) Right.
2: right. Too much for a troll. Which, you know what I love about this idea is the idea of seeing something familiar in an unfamiliar place. Again, it's that alien feel. Imagine if you went to Mars. You're one of the first people there on Mars. And suddenly, LeBron James is also on Mars. You would freak out. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what this is, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, no offense to LeBron James, he's the king Love him, <laughs> love him <laughs>
1: He's clearly a Martian Right, right Well he did want to make the next Space Jam movie That was not. That's not true, that was a rumor But still, oh. I enjoyed that rumor Well, you know,
2: this is a big side track, But if you saw him in the Amy Schumer star vehicle this summer
1: Trainwreck
2: Trainwreck, yeah, she was great And uh, Bill Hader was great But LeBron James stole the show that movie. So I recommend seeing it just to see that LeBron James has some real acting chops.
1: That is awesome. Now I have to. Now I have to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check it out. So for the next one, as we have taken to doing, and hopefully you guys enjoy that we do it this way, James and I are going to work out our minds right here, right now.
2: Boom. I've been stretching all day. All day.
1: What's funny is that I have definitely told you which one we were going to work on before now. But I personally have done nothing to pre-plan for it.
2: That's great. Neither have I. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do in the spirit of DMnastics, I thought we should stretch our mental might together.
1: Done. For this one, it was the Waitomo Glowworms Cave in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And the picture itself is like an underground river and on the ceiling, I don't know, it's almost (laughs) looks like you're looking into the stars, but it's all these, I mean, obviously the actual thing are the glow worms that are there.
2: Yeah, which is, I mean, it's just this amazing sort of brilliant this of all the ones that i wanted to go to this felt like the one that it was like yeah i probably wouldn't freak out in here the way i might in some of these other places with <laughs> skulls on the walls <laughs> yes so with that idea in mind that like you know maybe this is a place where maybe these glowworms are all part of one enormous kind of colony And I was thinking about the glowworms, even though they're all individual organisms, kind of act as one huge sentient being that lives in this cavern that has a single consciousness.
1: Very hive mind kind of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And they are neither good nor evil, but this is their home and they defend it like crazy. So if somebody comes and tries to Harvest the worms, because, you know, light is a a resource in the Underdark, right? And so you could take a bottle of these worms and carry them around for a little while, and you might have a few days worth of light to bring with you somewhere. So when that happens, maybe the worms all together, you know, they form these sort of beings and attack. And then when they kill you, they... Take the intelligence of any sort of creature that they they get. They get the memories and experiences of that creature. Perpetually making them more terrifying, of course. Exactly. But perhaps it could also be a source of information, right? Like they must know tons about the Underdark because of all the Underdark creatures they've consumed over the years. And so maybe uh, because they maintain those memories because when each worm dies, the colony consumes it too.
1: Essentially, nothing's ever lost unless it's taken
2: away. Exactly, exactly. So maybe the adventurers have to go there. They could stumble across it and it could be a random encounter. And then maybe they have to go back later to seek some piece of information. And to do that, maybe they make some sort of offering in the form of monster flesh.
1: That was my initial thought when you had mentioned it. It's like almost like a sanctuary inside of the Underdark, but only if you do everything exactly the way you're supposed to. And as soon as you don't, it's, it's on.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, like, even maybe walking on one of the worms, right, is a terrible, terrible mistake for someone to make.
1: I like that. And again, it kind of yeah. it kind of plays back into the you know, the bridge where the light is going to draw more and more creatures to it, essentially making the glowworm colony stronger and stronger. <laughs> so, I have a question though. It will undoubtedly put you on the spot a little. Oh, that's okay. What
2: would we name this creature? Ooh, that's a a good question. So I would think that there are some... I live in Maryland, and there are some caverns called the Luray Caverns right in Virginia, which I'm like right near the border of D.C., Virginia, Maryland, that whole area. And so I think when I think about caverns, that's one of the first words that come to mind. So I would call this whole colony is the LeRae. Nice. Because um, it also kind of works, you know, it, it conjures images of light and rays and luminous, that kind of
1: thing. So that's what I, I like. Think. it. So the Ray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If treated correctly, great asset. If treated incorrectly, you're going to die. And it's going to take your memories. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. Or I could even see a scenario where... Perhaps one of your enemies is going to the Larae to seek out information that you don't want them to have. So you need to get there first and figure out a way to destroy the Larray. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, which would be a monumental task in itself. Because uh, I picture, I don't know, I'm, I'm picturing like miles and miles of glowworm tunnels. Yeah. Just ready to kill you.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. So
2: I have a DMnastics question for you, though. All right, I am so ready. In this picture, there's actually like a river going through. Yes. What do you think this river is all about?
1: I'm trying to think of how common those are in the Underdark. I mean, obviously it's not that's not super important, but yeah, yeah I say we make it more interesting than just a river. I say that it is, or mm. just a river of water, if you will. Then- Excellent. Excellent. I want to say that like if you essentially like the lifeblood of the Laray is what's flowing through there. And it's almost like this circular pattern you know, the river itself connects, but it's still perpetually flowing through. Awesome. I like that a lot. Oh, and it, I mean, that source of water would bring creatures to this area just as much as light would. Exactly, yeah. Maybe they're feeling a
2: little hungry, see the glowworms as a little protein, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the the last mistake they'll ever make.
1: (laughs) And got them.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Or is even drinking the water, if this is sort of the lifeblood of the Larray, is drinking the water an offense. That can get you into trouble.
1: So, yeah, I, I was wondering about that. But what if, it again, it's that thing. If it's, As long as you play all your cards just the way you're supposed to, you could also have it be not just normal water. While, obviously, very important to survive the Underdark, you could even have restorative properties in that lifeblood. Oh,
2: yeah. And maybe that's how, because they're worms, right, and they have a, a joint consciousness Maybe you're not able to communicate with them until you drink whatever this liquid is, you know?
1: I like it. I like that. Nice. Well, there we go. I dare say we have done it. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but I'm sure that we've done it.
2: <laughs> I agree. You know, my, my mind muscles, they feel sore, yes. like, like a good kind of satisfactory sore. Awesome. Yes.
1: Celeste, if people wanted to get a hold of us and tell us about how they are adding amazing things to their deep, deep down, their underdark, whatever they want to call it, where would they go?
0: Yeah, you can always send us an email at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, me personally at C. and then Neil at JoteMoniac.
1: And as always, DMnastics is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check all of the things they're doing at BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com.
0: And always a special thank you to the bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at BombardedCast.com.
1: With that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym.
0: Before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises as well as the other conversations being had.
1: To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?